Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. This week, we kind of a youth pastor about this, so I apologize. Uh, I, got a, I got a meme from one of our former students. I'll be honest with you, I'm not even 100% sure what a meme is. Every time I get a definition, you guys change it on me. I can't keep up with you, so I just want you to know that. But uh, one of our former students posted a meme talking about it said, well done should only be followed by good and faithful servant and not stake. And I just want you guys to understand that this is a, a battle in my house. My wife isn't here to defend herself, so it's even better right now. This is a battle in my house. Uh, she wants everything that she eats, burgers, steak, whatever, to be hockey pucks. I tried to explain this to her, that uh, what she's doing is ruining this good meat by, by making it well done. I don't understand why you would want I told her for, flat out that if she wants a burger, I will just give her a piece of charcoal and we'll call it even. Because that's what she's eating. It's disgusting. I had uh, little Gracie uh, Edwards told me between services that it's, if it's not... If it's well done, then you can't talk to anybody because you spend all your time chewing because it's so bad. I thought that was great. Uh, medium or medium rare is the only way to go. So that's just how we, but this, this concept of well done kind of set my mind running. So everyone likes to hear well done. Have you guys heard that this week with all your graduations and everything? Well done, good job, so proud of you. You did it, you made it. Now what? Nothing? Yeah, crickets over here, this is unbelievable. I apologize. I'm used to teenagers talking back to me, but apparently y'all are a little nervous now. Y'all are adults now. You don't want to talk back. Even less talking. This is great. That's good. Okay. So we all like to hear well done. We like to t- be told that whatever we're doing is received well, is viewed well. We like to imagine that, hey, making it through high school, was it hard? Yeah. Did you really try though, Cole? <laughs> At least you're honest about it. At least you're honest about it. Uh, homeschooling, was it easy, hard, good? No? It's difficult dealing with your mother all day? I know, I'm just messing with you. I'm kidding, Miss Jennifer. How was college? Was college okay? You make it through there, no problems? It was not okay? Are you okay, Michaela? Are you good? I'm good now. Okay. But we like to be told that we've done something good, right? So we, we, we do things at points to make sure that we're, it's done well, received well. You'll do that when you get jobs and stuff like that. You want to see recognition, especially when it comes time for paychecks, right? That, okay, now you're nodding. Okay, now we're excited. Okay, we all like to have those. I, I told the first service, uh, I'm almost on the unhealthy side of hearing well done. Apparently my love language is words of affirmation, so I pursue after that well done a little too hard. And I made the mistake of saying that at the first service because every single person after the service was, well done. <laughs> Everybody's a comedian, okay? But we all want to hear that we've done, we've done well when it comes to our jobs, school. You guys all did well. I hope you passed. We'll take that as doing well. We all want to hear that we're doing well in our relationships and our relationship with the Lord we want to hear that I hope that you guys want to hear that you're doing well in your relationship with the Lord that it's not something you're just mailing in and occasionally doing or maybe we call on him to pray for the food even though it's Taco Bell he's not really going to bless that come on 
We're not calling on him when we have a desperate need, but we're trying to call on him to build a relationship with him, to maintain that well-done environment between you. I hope that that's our goal. So we're going from that, we're going to go to a parable that most people know. It's in Matthew 25. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 25. It's the parable of the talents. Here we have, Jesus is talking about a parable where a master is leaving and he's leaving all of his stuff, all of his possessions basically in the hands of his servants almost as a form of a test to see what they'll do. So we're going to pick up in Matthew 25, verse 15. Verse 15, it says, To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag according to his ability. Then he went on his, excuse me, then he went on his journey the man who had received five bags went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants came back, excuse me, returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five master he said you entrusted me with five bags of gold see i have gained five more his master replied well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness the man with two bags of gold came master you entrusted me with two bags of gold see i have gained two more his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servants. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money in deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least received, back with, received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one with 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even though even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father, I pray that you would speak to us and minister us right now. God, that we would take this word and apply it to our hearts and our lives, that we would serve you faithfully. Father, we love you and we thank you for this chance and this opportunity in the name of Jesus. Amen. So here we have these servants. They were each given a certain amount to his own ability. I joke with the first service that Caleb has all five. He's church in a box. He can sing, dance, pray, everything, anything you want. He's not, he always hides from me when I'm trying to find him in the room, so he's smart. So he's church in a box. He has all these gifts and talents that he should be using for the Lord, right? Some of us, I, I tried to get Cole to come up and just read it, but he doesn't want to, so we're going to say he has one just to mess with him. Okay, he has one talent. Are you using it? So non-committal, this group. I love it. All right, so these guys had the choice. They could either take what they had been given and put it to use, or they do what the one servant did to take it and hide it. Okay, this is a representation of our relationship with the Lord, what we have serving and following him. Are we taking what he has given us, and are we representing him? Are we putting it out there for him, or are we hiding what he has given to us? Well, what did the guys who put it out there and got more for the Lord, what did they hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you basically did this, I'm bad at paraphrasing, I'm sorry. You took this and did this, now enter into the, basically your master's happiness. 
But what did the guy that didn't do that, what did he hear? You wicked and lazy servant. What you have is going to be taken from you and given to someone else. And now you're outside looking in at everyone else's happiness. You're outside in the weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the situation that they have where you have an example where, where we should be serving and following God to where we would be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, living a life that brings him glory and honor in every aspect of what we're doing. Or we could be the other guy who mails it in, doesn't live his life for the Lord, doesn't take what his master has given him to put it to good use. And what happens to him is he's outside looking in. What is it that we want? Do we want to hear well done? Or do we care? Now, I told the first service, this is great in concept. In fact, right now, you can go on Etsy and get this Matthew 25, and you can have it put on your wall to where it looks pretty, and your kitchen looks like you're a Christian, but does your life. You can put all the knickknacks you want in there, but does this, does this verse, is this in practice in your life? Is it something we just say because we're Christians, or is it something we exhibit because we mean it? So what we have, we're going to go to where Paul is talking to Timothy. This is in 2 Timothy 2, if you have your Bibles. We're going to try to take this, and we're going to put it into practicality. Paul is talking to Timothy, trying to build him up and tell him basically how to be a good servant for the Lord. It's actually, this area is talking about how to be an approved worker for the Lord. In verse 15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of God. Again, an approved worker, a worker that is able to hear well done from their master because of the lifestyle that they're living, the way they're exhibiting themselves. What does it say right here, the lifestyle they're living? It is one who is not ashamed, who has nothing to be ashamed of. That means that they have no sin in their lives. They're living a life that exemplifies God in every single thing that they are doing. There's no hidden sin. There's no halfway doing it. They're living their lives fully for God. There's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Then it also says that they correctly handle the word of God. How do you correctly handle the Word of God? Well, it takes time and energy in the Word of God. It is not just having a Bible. It is opening that Bible. It is getting into that Bible. It is spending time with the Lord and asking Him to help you to understand what those words even mean. It doesn't high-five to any of you if, you if you read it. But are you taking time to study it, get into it, and try to understand it? I'm trying to every single day. Am I great at it yet? Not really, but we're getting better. But it's not about just reading the one verse. Do you understand the context of the chapter? Do you understand the context of the book? Do you understand the context of the time frame that he was even written? Are we taking the time to get into that to where we can correctly handle it? Because let me just go ahead and explain to you, uh, those of you who are heading to college, if you're heading to any four-year degree college, what you're going to run into at some point is you're going to find a professor at some point that does not believe. You're going to find a professor that's going to tell you everything that we're saying in this room right now and everything you've heard ever in this church is absolutely wrong. It's a farce. That's what they're going to tell you. And if you do not have that word correctly into your heart, if you've not correctly applied it, if you're not actually putting time into it yourself personally, not that your family's always gone to church here, your parents are saved, kudos to you for that. That means nothing for you. Now it is up to you as to whether or not you are correctly handling the word of God because that professor, that person that you interact with going forward, they're going to try to sway you away from this. 
So you have to make sure that you know how to correctly handle the word of God to be an approved worker, to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. It's not always the devil standing in front of you. Sometimes it's a coworker, sometimes it's a family member, sometimes it's a friend that are all saying things that are trying to lead you away from the Lord. You have to be able to stand firm for yourself in order to make sure that you can stand firm before God. So they have no sin in their lives. They know how to correctly handle the word. And then we continue on to verse 22. Paul continues on. He says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Do not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. First part, it says, flee from evil desires of youth. Another version says, youthful lusts. That means your sinful desire, your flesh, it exists whether we like to admit it or not, your flesh wants to do things that are not of the Lord. Let's just be honest. Your flesh doesn't want to get into the Word. Your flesh doesn't want to spend time praying. Your flesh wants to get on your phone, go somewhere, do something. Avoid all of that. It takes discipline in order to maintain this. I, I read that, and it says, you know, the phrase young. You guys ever heard the phrase young and dumb? I know you're young, but we're not going to say you're dumb. You've heard the phrase young and dumb? I can tell you now, you don't have to be young to be dumb. I'll tell you from experience. You can still be such and such age and I like to talk about it and do still do dumb things okay that's because you allow your flesh to take over you ignore what the Holy Spirit is telling you that conscience in the back of your brain is telling you don't do that and your flesh is stronger in that moment because you haven't been spending time with the Lord and now you're giving into that flesh and just trying to shush that noise in the back you have to make sure you avoid those situations how do we do that well it says to pursue pursue after righteousness what is righteousness it's living a life like Jesus, who was the only one that's ever been here and been fully righteous. He was without sin. Are we going to accomplish that? Probably not. But that's what we're supposed to pursue after. We're called to be holy like he is holy. That is a, a lifestyle choice that we have to make to go after that as hard as we can. You will fail. You'll mess up. But that's okay. We have a loving and gracious father who will accept us no matter what. But we have to make sure we turn towards him and not just stay in it. Okay, we have to live a life that is righteous. We have to have a, it says to pursue after faith. I told the first service, you have to decide for yourself to pursue after him in faith. Things are, things are going to happen to you. Things are going to occur in your life that will make you question him. That's okay. But the question you need to ask yourself is when those things occur, even if those things occur. That's what I've been told by someone who counsels me and ministers to me. Even if whatever it is that you're worried about, even if that occurs in your life, will you still serve him? Will you still follow him? You have to declare that for yourself. Even if X happens in my life, even if everything goes sideways and I'm not happy with how it is, even if I'm hurting inside, I'm going to serve him no matter what. I have to dis discipline myself and choose to make that a daily practice. Even even if I don't want to. You have to decide for yourself that your faith means more than everything else. You have to decide that for yourself because if not, if you mail it in, 
You'll be a statistic like everybody else. Your age group disappears. Do you know that? From 18 to 26, you guys disappear out of the church. The church hasn't always done its best to help you, but we're trying now. We've got a group called Engage. I would highly recommend you guys get involved with Pastor Caleb. Highly recommend it. But just because we have something as a church does not mean that you guys don't have a responsibility to make it happen for yourself. It says to pursue love. Not love is love, as the world points it to now, but God's love. A love that is, goes beyond our understanding to demonstrate him. He showed us his love, right? He demonstrated his love by getting up onto a cross and dying for us even while we were still sinners. That is the type of love that we're supposed to demonstrate to everyone that's around us. Those, those are just sinners around you. They're not awful people. They may do awful things, but they're still people that God loves, and we have to demonstrate that love to them. And then it says peace, and I'll tell you what, if you pursue after righteousness, faith, and love, you'll probably have a lot of more peace than if you don't. And then it says to do those things uh, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Let me just stress to you right now, one of the smartest things you can do, we just stressed the engaged group to you, one of the smartest things you can do as you're, as you're heading out of your house, staying in your house with your parents, whatever it is, one of the smartest things you can do is find people around you those who get along with the Lord, as it says, you need to find people around you that are going to build you up spiritually. You need to find a group of people that, I mean, the, the book says it. Don't forsake the fellowship. Okay, you need to find people that are going to build you up spiritually. If you don't have anybody right now that's uh, asking you, have you read your Bible lately? Are you kind of acting kind of crazy right now? Have you read? If you don't have anybody speaking into your life like that, you need to reevaluate who is in your life. Okay, if you do not have people that are calling you out, this man will call me out in a heartbeat. You understand me? If I even look sideways, like, you read your Bible? <laughs> okay, you need to find people that will do that to you. You need to have people that will not just like your post on Instagram, but they will ask you if you need prayer because that Instagram post that you just made was kind of sideways. You look like you need some prayer after posting that. Okay? Do you have people like that in your life right now? Because if you don't, you need to reevaluate. You need people like that around you, ministering to you and building you up. The choices that you make on a day-to-day -day basis should be those that demonstrate righteousness, faith, love, and peace with the Lord, even if you don't want to. That's the spiritual discipline that you have to develop. Even when you don't want to do those things, that's when you have to do it the most. When your flesh is desiring to do the opposite, but to be an approved worker, to hear well done, you have to prioritize your relationship with the Lord and prioritize all those things that we just said. That scripture actually continues on, and it says that we're doing those things demonstrates the Lord in our lives what did it say right there in verse uh, verse 23 do not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments I need this tattooed on my forehead okay I like to prove that I'm right even when I know I'm wrong I like to prove I'm right it's an issue okay you have to avoid quarreling because we're supposed to speak with people with the love of Jesus. Okay, if you go into every... You guys know what imparent victory is? You guys ever heard the phrase? Cool, I actually use an SAT word. I just want to act like it. Okay, this means that you might win the war, but at what cost? You might win that argument with somebody, but at what cost? You might prove that person that they were wrong on their view on something, but at what cost? Did you demonstrate love when you were speaking to them? Well, if it's quarreling, you're probably not demonstrating love. So what, you need to stop and avoid quarreling with them. You need to just pray for them. 
Because let me just go ahead and tell you now, you do not have, all of you have got high school diploma, college degrees. You guys do not have the right words in order to save somebody's life. You don't have the right words inside of you. None of us do. Okay, you can have a theological degree, but that does not mean that you have the capability to speak the right words at the right time. What you need is the power of the Holy Spirit moving and operating inside of you so you can be like Peter when he was standing in front of the religious leaders and he, was, he didn't know what to say, but the Holy Spirit moved and operated through him. And you know what happened? At the end, those people said, they've been with Jesus. That's what you need to do. Instead of arguing with them, instead of hassling people, proving that you're right, you need to just demonstrate God in front of those people and allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to move and operate in them because it's going to work a whole lot better than if you try. Okay, why do we stress that? Pastor Kevin, if you'll come up here and start playing for me. Why do we stress that? Because you need to have the ability to speak into people's lives. You need to have the ability to speak into their lives. It says right here that avoid... Uh, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels and the Lord's service must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone demonstrating that love right able to teach and not resentful opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance leading them to the knowledge of the truth and right here and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will your job is to demonstrate the Lord. All of our jobs is to demonstrate the Lord in such a way, demonstrate his love in such a way that our encounter with them, it's not about saying the right words. Sometimes it's just your presence in the moment. What if your capability with that person, maybe you didn't have the perfect words, maybe it was just being there in the moment, offering to pray for them. What if that encounter with you was filled with God so much that it changes that person's trajectory? What if it then wasn't just you entering the pearly gates, but you and that person entering in because you decided to demonstrate God more than yourself? What if that we all chose to do that? What if we chose to be an approved worker in that way that we didn't want to just go there by ourselves, but we wanted to take every single person we encounter with us? What if we could say that? What if we could get them to come to their senses and avoid all of that? So if we want to hear, well done, you must first be a servant. Let me stress that to you again. In order for you to hear well done from the Lord, he has to be Lord for you. That applies to all of us in here. He has to be Lord for you. So that means right now, if he is not Lord for you, that's an easy remedy. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. Believe in the fact that he went onto that cross for you specifically. Chose to die a gruesome death, be buried in a tomb, and in three days rose again to be able to blot out your sin because he loves you that much. You have to admit that you need that, believe that he did it, and then commit your life to him. Romans 10, 9 tells us if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that he is Lord, we're saved. It's not a big deal. It's not something, a hassle, but it's a change of heart, a change of mind. It changes the trajectory of your life completely. You could be living for the world, but making this one decision changes everything. You'll never want to do that again. If everybody would stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. 
Nobody looking around, nobody playing around. This is a serious moment. If that's you today, and you would admit that, hey, my relationship with the Lord is not where it's supposed to be. He is not uh, my Lord, my master right now. I am not his servant. I've been living for myself only. If that's you and you want to get it right today, I'm asking you to just raise your hand. Thank you, Father. For those of us who say we're saved and in right standing with the Lord, praise God for that. But in order to do what this said, to be an approved worker, to be able to hear well done, we've got to make sure that we ask the Lord to come into our lives every single day and minister to us and set us on the straight path to guide our steps, that we would do things like correctly handle the word of God, that the Holy Spirit would make it plain for us, make it real to us, apply it to our lives, that we'd be able to avoid youthful passions and lusts and live a life of righteousness, faith, love, and peace. In order to do all that, we need the power of the Holy Spirit moving and operating in our lives. So we're going to open this altar in a second. We're going to have a time of prayer. If you right now would admit to yourself that you need help from the Lord right now, at home, at work, in your spiritual life, in your walk with Him, just overall, this is a moment where we want to gather together and we want to pray. We want to make sure that we're in right standing and that we're walking with Him as best we can. So as Pastor Kevin plays... If that's you and you need prayer, let's take that moment and let's pray. So Father, thank you. Thank you first for your sacrifice, your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you for setting it all straight for us. God, help us not to mail in our relationship with you, but to take it seriously, to be disciplined, to live a life that would be considered well done, to be an approved worker, to live a life that brings you glory and honor, to walk, to talk, to demonstrate you everywhere we go that the people around us would come to their senses, Father, that they would come to a saving knowledge of you, that we would not just be okay with the people around us, let's just admit it, on their way to hell that we would live a way that would bring you glory and honor, that people around us would want to know who you are. God, once again, I pray over these graduates and I ask you, Father, that you would help them going forward. God, as they're all stepping into new phases of their life, I pray, God, that you would speak to them and minister to them. God, hold them firm to you. God, I speak against any attack of the enemy trying to dissuade them from walking with you that they would live a life worthy of you, that their friends would come to saving knowledge of you because of the way they live from this moment forward. God, we thank you for this day and what you've already done inside of us. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to uh, have your way. God, bless us. In the name of Jesus.